So we'll start in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. This is the final week of what does love require? And uh, it's been, I hope you've been paying attention to all this. The series has been really amazing. Actually, I learned a lot trying to follow through. And this week, it's, it's going to be something that maybe you are good at, maybe you're not so good at. But looking back at history, we find there's a root for the fall of mankind. It's the reason why there's wars in the world. It's the reason why there's wars in our churches. There's a reason why there's wars in our home. And uh, the evil one, his main mission, his main mission is to divide. And truly, we can't stand, as it says there, we can't stand when division is at hand. Now, let's be honest for a second with each other. We don't realize that we have differences and that things divide us. But if we're honest, religion does divide us. If we have someone who's a different religion, even in the same Christian religion, there's divisions. There's divisions everywhere that separate us from other people. And sometimes we don't realize that those divisions put up walls. So we can't really practice that love that we're talking about. We're divided by color. You saw what the color of a skin can do in this world. If you're from a certain color, you can see that we are divided. I mean, you can say, no, no, that has nothing to do with me. I love everybody with every color, but still we are divided by color of our skin. We're divided. And maybe you don't think this one, but I've seen it clearly since my time in Africa, we are divided by rich and poor and <clears throat> different status levels. It's true. And it's just something that happens. It's, even by the way, if we're divided by the way we look, you know, if some are known to be more beautiful or handsome or pretty versus the ones who are not, we're divided. We divide each other. We look at each other in different way. Of course, I'm not going to say we're divided in uh, politics. I'm not going to touch that one. I think Abun Anthony has, has focused on that one in previous times. But the main thing is, by the way, even I noticed we're divided by within our denomination about which church we go to. It divides us. Oh, you go to that church now? People have told me, you go to that church? So, yeah, I go to that church. What's the, you go to church? We go to, we all go to church. What's the problem? You know, and I think that, no, we put up too many walls between ourselves. And like it says, we can't stand when division is at hand. Mark chapter three, verse 24, 25 here, verse 25, it says, <clears throat> and if a house is divided against itself, that ha house cannot stand. Now, you know that verse very well, but we can't stand. And you know what? That's ringing in my ears. When we're divided as a church or in our own families or at work or wherever you are committed to, we just can't stand. And I think that's something we need to talk about today. And to be honest you, with you, we're limping through life. Sometimes we're just limping through trying to make it through the day. Our family situation is not where we want to be. Our work situation is not where we want. And even at church, there's certain things. Of course, not this church. We have a lot of good things going on here. But even at work and so forth. So what is it that love requires? That we be one. 
that's easy to say and easy to preach. You say, oh, yeah, we're one, we're united. Are we? With everyone? Or is there still walls between us? Why should we be united? Why should we be united? It's the last prayer request of Jesus Christ. Do you know that? In the Gospel of St. John, if you go there, John chapter 17, verse 21. Let me read to you. It says that they all may be one. This is when Christ was before he went to the cross. He said that they all may be one as you father are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. The last thing that Christ said before he went to the cross was that we are one, of course, one with him and one with each other. So what do you do when someone is dying and they have a last request? What do you do? If, if anyone, you know, has been in a situation, say, Hey, whatever you need, Hey, what do you want to eat? What do you want to do? What do you want? The last prayer request of our Lord Jesus Christ was that we are one. Why should we be united? Because he said so in the final hour before the cross, because that's what he wanted. That's what he desired. He could have talked about something else, but he said that we are one. And I think that goes a long way. We should honor that. We should honor that. That's what honors Christ is that we are one. By the way, how many of you, God answered your prayers? How many of you had your prayers answered by our Lord? Now it's our turn to answer his prayers. Isn't that crazy? He always answers us, doesn't he? We ask, we ask, we plead, we say, please, Lord, give me this, give me that. And he answers. He always answers. Now, now he's in a situation where he is standing before the father and saying, all I want is for us to be one, that your marriages would be united, that your church would be united. The people who are not in your church and not in your religion and not in your class and not in your color and not in, not in, that they would be also united. That everyone, that no, no, I, am, I have friends here and there. No, that everyone would be together for him. And it's hard because when I see people, I see, I see automatically we see differences. Why unity? Because it's what he asked for in his final prayer. And we should honor that. We should make an effort for that. What does love require? That we be one. Number two, why unity? Because guess what? You can grow from it. There's a great verse here. I don't know if you can see it from there or not, but yeah, good. Ephesians chapter four, verse 16 says, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes what? Growth of the body and edifying of itself in love. Now, I love this very much because it says we're knit together. You know what knit means? Like if you're knitting something, it's like intertwined. Knit together. Our lives are, you know, you could say, no, I, I have community of people with me. I have friends. I, when Anthony was talking about that today, friendships. It's not just friendships. United is that we're intertwined. My life is part of your life. Your life is part of my life. It's another stage of unity. Unity doesn't mean, oh, I don't have a problem with him. Uh, there's no issues with that person. No, that's not necessarily division, but it's not necessarily unity. Unity is knit together that our lives are, are, you know what? Your life 
is nourishing somebody else's life and their life is nourishing you. If you look at the verse, why unity? Because we can grow. Now here's the hard part. And you tell me if, if this is you or not, it takes a lot of energy to be intertwined and knit together with another person. It takes a lot of energy. Let's be honest in our own marriages, it takes a lot of energy to keep the peace in the home, right? It takes a lot of energy to have a friendship outside and to make effort and time. It takes a lot of energy. That's why we don't do it. That's why we don't, oh, I can meet you from time to time. We can visit each other from, no, this is another stage. What does love require? That we be one, that we be united. Why? That Jesus asked for that. Why? Because you will grow. If we are knit together, there's nothing better than that. A community of believers who are supporting each other. It's a funny story in Zambia when uh, there's a guy, I love him so much. He, I always ask him, I say, I notice I haven't seen you some, for so many, so many weeks in the church. And uh, he said, no, I go to the bars on Sunday. And, and, and I said, why do you go to the, I really wanted to investigate. Why do you like the bars so much? You know what he said to me? And I'll never forget this. And I want you to hear this. His answer was two things. People love me there and they give me free beers. Okay. So I looked him in the eye and I told him, I said, I can do one of those things. I can love you, but I sure can't give you free beers. And he looked at me and I looked at him and he said, I'm coming on Sunday. And to be honest, that's what people want. You know, this guy has always been struggling to go to bars every, every week, every Saturday, every Sunday. He's always there. And the reason he went there is people loved him. It's not about the faith necessarily yet, just about someone loving him. That's what we should focus on. People are looking for that. And by the way, many people from different religions that I have interacted with over the years, they're looking for that. They're looking for a group that they can attach themselves to. They're looking for love and friendship. They're looking for that unity. Most times people enter churches and they can smell division. They can see it. It hurts them. So I pray that your families, church, communities, why should we be united? Jesus asked it in his final request. Why? Actually, you will grow and I will grow. If we're knit together, there's going to be nourishment. There's going to be nourishment for each one of us. Your life gets confused sometimes, right? Maybe it gets confused and you probably never blame this, but lack of unity. What? Yeah, my life is not stable. It's a bit shaky. I don't know. Maybe, just maybe, that our life is not 100% stable because we're looking and desiring and needing that, that unity. So let's pray for that. Like I said, you know, if we look at this verse clearly, if we look at this verse clearly, it says, you know, we're knit together, but you know what happens? Every, according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Did you understand that part? How does this thing work? If we're united, if our marriage is united, our church is united, and we're united with many people, guess what? Every part, everyone does its part. Everyone does its share. 
and I can be nourished from you and you can be nourished from me and we can be nourished from each other. Maybe that's what's missing. Just maybe that's why things are confused sometimes. Okay, so two things so far. Who remembers? Why should we be united? Who remembers? It's the last prayer request of Jesus. And number two, why should you be united? Because it causes us to what? To grow. Let me give you a third one. Third one, because we need each other. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 here, verse 20 to 22. But now indeed there are many members. You know this verse very well, so just, just follow with me in detail here. Now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again in the, in the hand to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Here's the thing. Like, I like to be honest. Maybe that's something you'll learn about me. I like to be honest. We don't, we'll never say that person is not necessary, but we'll think it. We probably feel too sometimes that, that us as individuals, what's the point of me coming to church? I'm not really doing anything. We probably felt that many times. We want to be useful. And we see people just sitting there. We want, the, you know, they're probably thinking the same thing. Every person is necessary. Every person is needed. I can tell you that you don't understand, and I don't understand, that one person who is not here today could jumpstart something in your life. One person who is not here today could do something and say something to you and encourage you in a way that you don't realize. That's why we need each other. And I just want you to know, and I'm going to say this from my heart, you are needed. You are needed in this church. You are needed to encourage someone. You're needed to encourage me. I'm here to encourage you. We are needed. Every single person. And those who are listening, you're needed. If you're sitting there saying, oh, I don't know why I go to church. There's nothing. I'm doing nothing. No, you are needed. That's what this verse is all about. We can never say that no, that someone is not necessary. Everyone is needed. Everyone is important. And you guys know that, but we have to believe that. By the way, even the quiet ones. Here's the thing. Growing up in the church, I was always the quiet one. Always. I don't like to talk too much. Maybe you'll learn that about me. I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm more forced to talk now as a priest. I have to talk. But if no one talks to me, I can just be alone. And I'm happy with that. That's not necessarily the right way. But even when you see someone who is quiet, I'm telling you, that person can do something great. Just like in the Bible. Who is quiet? Who was loud? St. Peter, St. Andrew. Who was loud? St. Peter was loud. He was the one preaching the big sermons. But who is the quiet one who brought him to Christ? It's Andrew. What I'm saying to you is we're all needed. Every single person, the loud one and the quiet one. Which one are you? You can tell yourself about that. Don't look at each other and point fingers. But some of us are loud and some of us are quiet. And I know some of you already and you know each other. Both are needed. Some are laughing right now because you know who you are. But we're all needed, correct? And here's the thing. When you see someone in the corner, what do you do? What do you do with the quiet ones around you? Everyone is needed. Yeah, maybe the quiet one is not as charismatic. You know, as a priest, people always say, oh, we need a leader who's charismatic. But I think a leader who's quiet, it's also good too. We're all needed is my point. We're all needed. I'm telling you, If we're in an orchestra, 
If one instrument is not there, it doesn't sound right. If you look at a painting, something's missing in that painting. It's not right. Something doesn't fit. You know, now that this whole corona thing, sports is starting to open up. Sports is starting to open up. I think every sport is now opened up, which is amazing because there was a time when there was nothing. What I love more than anything, and I know that the two fathers love sports equally and they probably talk about it a lot, but what I love is the underdog story. I like the team that's not supposed to win. I like the team that has like no namers and they still win. I like the person on the team that's not just worried about offense, but is, his specialty is defense, right? Like who gets more of the credit? The one who's on what? Scored all the goals or made all the baskets. I like the one who does the rebounding or plays defense. I like the no-namer. And that's what we have to get used to. Not everyone is going to be the preacher. Not everyone's going to be out in front. But I can tell you what I learned about this church so far. Is there's so many of you who are doing quietly the service, and it really inspires me. We need more of that. It's not just the people out in front. It's the people behind. And by the way, there's so many people who, and I have spoken to them, and I'm sure you have, who'd like to come to church, but they just feel they have no no need for them to come. There's no point. We have to do a better job to unite them with us. Why unity? We need each other. We need each other. I want you to think about this for a second. There's some people in your life, if they were never there, the people who change your life, what if they were never there? How would your life be now? There was someone in your life over the years that really impacted you, that really said something to you, that really followed up with you. What if they weren't there? See how much we need them? You are the same. Your life, because you're here, is doing that for somebody else. Everyone's life is needed. And I'm just going to kind of put it out there in, 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 in big words. And I want you to believe this. You are needed. And that's for everybody, not just the people in the church today, but you are needed. I remember the people in my life still to this day that if they weren't there, I don't know what would happen to me. They impacted me. They, they came after me. I was just talking outside when we saw one of the great elders of our church outside. Uh, I remembered everything he did for me. And I remember all the, the people that did so much for our generation. And your, your turn now. It's your turn. You are needed. You are needed. So remember the three things why we should be united. It's the last prayer request of Jesus Christ. Can we honor that? Can we answer his prayer? Can we just do that for him? He wants us to be united. Why are we sitting here trying to find out what's different about us? Oh, he's different. She's different. I can't get along. No, there's too much. Let's stop doing that. Even people from different religions, different whatever, we need to figure out the way. Because his final prayer request wasn't, only the Coptic Orthodox Christians to be united or the Orthodox Christians. No, he wanted all his children, all his children to be one. Second thing is why should you be united? Because you're going to grow. When you're knit together with a group, I'm glad there's life groups and, and things to help us. When you're knit together and when you're one with them, you're going to grow. It's automatic. You're going to help someone else to grow and you're going to grow yourself. And the last thing there is, hey, we need each other. And we talked about that in great extent. 
So if you're convinced about that, then the next question is, what do we do? What do we do? What should, give me something practical. You know, always, people always tell me, I wouldn't, that's nice, but tell me something practical. Okay, you ready for the practical? But if you have that question in your mind, what do I do now? Then please be ready to, to, to practice the practical things. The first thing is, believe the best and not assume the worst. L- let's be honest, we kind of take that in the backwards. We, we, believe, we believe the worst in each other. Believe the best in each other. Like if somebody hurts you, believe the best. If somebody, like even when you come home from whatever and you see your spouse, there's two options, to believe the worst or to believe the best. To automatically accuse, oh, you did that. You didn't even, you didn't even give a chance. I've done that many times, so I'm guilty. Dally around, okay, <laughs> make sure. Okay, so it's true. Believe the best is not our automatic, you know, it's not automatic. We need to pray today that when I get into a confrontation or when I have a disagreement or when I have a disappointment, with anybody in my church, my family, my, my work, or wherever, out in the community, we need to practice this. Believe the best and not assume the worst. It's easy to go at home, say the house is dirty, food doesn't taste good, there's something in my food. I don't know about you, it's so easy just to criticize everything around you. It's easy, it's more natural. I don't know why it's natural. But we do that everywhere. When we go to work, we say, no. And, you know, some people say that in the church. Why is he doing that? Look, guys, always believe the best in each other, in your spouses, in your children. We'll probably have less fights with our children <laughs> if we believe the best, not assume the worst. It's the idea of being critical or looking at giving them an excuse. No, no, I think they're going through something now. I'm telling you, we'd be more united. Because if we're going to nitpick everything that someone is doing, there's going to be a lot of division. And that's what brings down our house. A house divided against itself can't stand. Let's look at the best. Not, there's certain people in my life that I know that even when they see a misspelling, like if I do a misspelling in an email, it's like, you know, Abuna, you misspelled. Does it really matter if I misspelled it? <laughs> Do you understand the point? You know, like, it's okay. <laughs> I know, I mean, it's none of you guys, but don't worry. So, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, let's cut each other a break. Let's believe the best. Assume the worst. And by the way, you know, this, I'm, and I'm keeping, I'm repeating something because I know I practice this. It's in the home the most. In the home is where we assume the worst. So if you want something practical, when you go home today, say a small prayer, walk in the house and look for what is right, not what is wrong, okay? Look for the goodness in the person next to you, okay? Those are some of the things that would help us to grow. And just to kind of read, let me just say it another way. Look at what is right in each other, not what is wrong. Look at what is good, not what is bad. I know it sounds like elementary school, but it's really, we can't practice elementary. We're still working on the basic principles of Giving each other the benefit of the doubt. Looking at the best in each other. Look at what's right and not what's wrong. And what I would say today is, what is practical? When we go to the end and we pray, let's stand up and pray, say, God, I know that I'm very critical. I know I'm always tough on so-and-so, or I'm always looking at the negative. Look at the goodness. Okay? If someone speaks and you don't like something they said, is there something they said that you like? Right? Okay, there's many things they said you don't like. What, what did they say that you liked? 
Start from there, right? Before we go to war against someone, let's believe in the best in that person. Does that make sense? So let's, let's hope. I think I'm just stressing it a lot because I know I need to practice that because it's so contagious to do both ways. So when you get on a negative run, you can just keep going, right? You can just keep going and it gets into a fight. And go, let's get onto a positive run and let's see where it can take us. Okay, let's pray for that mentality. Here's the next thing. It's probably one of the harder ones, but I know we can do it. Humility can make us perfectly joined together. Humility can make us perfectly joined together. Listen to this verse here. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Pay attention to this verse, please. Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there's no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. No divisions. Perfectly joined together. This is, a, this is what St. Paul wanted for the church of Corinth. You know why? They were drowning in sin. So much sin. But you know what was the biggest sin for them? Out of all the sins, chapter 1 addressed the most important. Division. Unity. You know, if you read 1 Corinthians, you can see about so many things, even sexual morality and so many things. But what was the first thing that he was worried about, which can kill us as Christians, is that there's a division among us. Because if we're united, then we can overcome any sin. We Remember, we're knit together. We're helping each other through it. But if we're against each other, I'm telling you, that's a lonely life. That's a long life. That's a life we're not going to overcome our weakness. So here, be perfectly joined together. But here's the hard part. To be joined together even to one person, and listen to me, takes great humility. It takes great humility. And I want you to, to be open for something I'm going to say to you today, and don't be upset with me, but here's the fact. We need to come to the conclusion of one thing, that you, in a disagreement between two people, you and somebody else, that you may not be correct. Sorry to tell you that. And I'm the first one. You may not be correct. You might be in the wrong. Of course, when you're in the battle with someone, guess what? Who's wrong? You're wrong, right? You're pointing. But I, I want to just kind of when here when our brain is still working, we just took communion. We kind of have some spiritual focus. Just let me, be a fa- let me tell you facts. You may not be correct. And you know what will help you to realize that? Pray for humility. Humility is you know the truth about the other person and yourself. And it takes great humility, you know, to do what? To listen. As a man and as a priest, that's hard. I'm standing here before you telling you that. I'm the priest. I should tell you what to do. Why are you telling me what to do? I'm the man. I'm the husband. I'm the father. I'm the, you should listen to me. It takes great humility from us men to listen. Listen to our wives. Listen to our children. Listen to the congregation. Listen to each other. That's humility. Humility will make us perfectly joined together. Believe in the best in each other. But to be honest, we must pray for humility. There's probably, you know what? If you have humility, if he or she is right or wrong, is not the, not, not the focus. You know what is? If you have humility, you're going to discover not your way, but whose way? God's way. Isn't that crazy to think? Like if you're, you want to be united with people, 
in your home, in your church, in your community, at work, wherever. Praying for humility would say, let me listen. Let me find the voice of God. Let me see what's God's way. Not you versus each other, but what's God's way? And that's the hardest thing, guys. I know I'm telling you stuff. They say, you can keep preaching all you want. You don't know my house. I'm telling you that I need to pray for this. You need to pray for this. I need to look in the best in you. You need to look at the best in me, in your homes, in your churches, and wherever. And even people who are not our church members. You heard them say a lot of things bad about this place or something. Hey, believe, pray for them. Believe the best in them. Listen to them. What I'm saying to you is humility can save our families and our churches. It can save souls out there that are still in need. You may not be right. It's not about your way. It's not about my way. Let's find God's way. God, let me hear your voice. Let me find the truth. That's humility. Focus on that. Humility allows me to see the truth about me. Can you remember that? Humility allows me to see the truth about me. Here's a, a sign that maybe you don't have humility. Just a quick note. If you find yourself blaming somebody else or accusing someone else or talking about someone else, maybe, just maybe, there's no humility in that. If you find yourself getting upset that you didn't get your way or you've been corrected and you get angry, I don't like being corrected, but I know I need it. Just maybe we need humility in that way. You know, really to be perfectly joined together, we need to humbly discover God's way. You know what it really comes down to? It doesn't matter whose way, you, if you get your way or not, as long as the right way is, is there, right? Like whatever you think your opinion is, say your opinion other one says your opinion, but at the end say, hey, let's discover together what's the right way. What's God's way. And sometimes we should surrender. And sometimes we should just pray longer and not make a decision. Sometimes we have two different opinions. And if we don't come to conclusion, that can still be okay. Let's go back and say, let's not, let's not try to solve it today. Let's keep praying. And through time and humility, we'll discover the right way. Because to be perfectly joined together takes great humility we must pray for that today. So let's see the best in each other. Let's be humble to listen to each other. And honestly, I'm speaking to you with all my heart. We as leaders of the churches need to pray for humility on the first one. We got to figure out how to be united. When there's leaders united, oh my God, how the church will be beautiful, right? Let's pray for that. Thank God we have wonderful priests in this church. I'm so blessed to be with Father Anthony, Father Timothy. Really, really, you can feel their love and their encouragement and the unity they have and to get to join them. And I, I pray that we as leaders can, can, can be together, but also those who are not from our church. Wouldn't it be even more beautiful that all the churches would be united together? And even those who are not part of the Coptic Orthodox Church. Imagine how beautiful it would be that we can, and so forth. You guys get the point. We, so Jesus' final prayer 
can be answered. Can be answered. When Jesus comes into our house tonight, what will he see? Will his prayers be answered in your house tonight? I don't know. Let's pray for that. But I can tell you, it takes great humility. There's something I learned in Africa called Ubuntu. Ubuntu. What does that mean? Ubuntu, that's a funny word. Ubuntu means that we are people through other people. We are people through other people. That means I am alive and I can, can exist because of you. Like I'm a person and I'm a, like, I'm a real person because of you. Without you, I can't be me. Does that make sense? Like the African concept is intertwined. So we are people through other people. You can't be who you are. You can't be even human really and, 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 and exist and do something great in this world unless you have other people. It's it, the idea of being interdependent with each other, intertwined, knit together. We, that's a concept that's even been there even in outside of Christianity, right? It really means when you have Ubuntu, you embrace others. You are generous to others. You're compassionate to others. And they're compassionate to you. And they're generous to you. And they wash your feet and you wash their feet. You're alive because they're alive. Without them, you can't be you. There's no you without them. Does that make sense? That's Ubuntu. There's no you without them. So that's a really different concept than we, we really... Because sometimes, can I be honest again? You're going to learn that about me, sorry. Just going to be honest, but hopefully in a gentle way. Just pray for me. Like... We say, if someone upsets me, what do we usually do? Ignore them. We, we put in our brain, okay, that person is annoying. That person is rude. That person is so-and-so. You, you lock it in your memory and you put the smile on your face when you see them and you just kind of like move away. No, you need that one. Did I, remember what I said earlier? We need it. You're, you're who you are because you, that person. So don't be so quick to ignore and run away when there's a problem. No, face it and with humility, overcome it. That's the secret to be perfectly joined together is humility. To look at the best in each other, not the worst. What, what good he did. Don't be critical. And I think that Ubuntu is that we don't give up on each other because we need each other and we're inter interdependent on each other. And I like that we are people through other people. Just think about that for a second. You are because they are. And I just think that we can't stop, keep ignoring each other. And it's so easy for us to block people. If you want to block people to just make things short with that person. But I don't think that's going to work. The world is so divided that we don't even understand. Countries are divided. Churches are divided. Families are divided. You know what we need to do? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3. I want you to look at this. This is in your first hour of your prayer book, Ikbeya. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3 says, and I want you to understand what this means. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Okay, let me say it again. Endeavoring, you know what endeavoring means? To make every effort. Okay, so let's put that. So let me just change the words. To make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. That means no matter what happened in your home, in your church, in your community with so-and-so, maybe it's a, a family member that's annoying to you, whatever, make every effort 
to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Make every effort means you got to do everything it takes. No, I tried. It didn't work. No, make every effort. That's what we need to pray for. It takes a lot of work. You know, if unity was easy, then there'd be no problems in this world. It's not easy. It's not easy. And uh, sometimes you got to keep your mouth closed when you want to just say something to someone and uh, listen more. Maybe you, do, you missed the point. Maybe that person is saying it in a tough way, but they have actually a good point to tell you. What does love require? That we be one. And it needs every effort to do so. There's a nice quote by St. Cyril of Alexandria on unity. I'm going to say it's slow, but I, just, I know it's a long quote, but please try to pay attention to it because there's so many gems in it. Let me go through it. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. For the middle wall of partition has been taken away and grief has been silenced and all kinds of difference of opinion has been removed. Christ savior of us all having awarded peace to his churches and who by removing the offenses scattered between us, guess what happens? Would crown your church and ours with harmony and peace. The heavens here rejoice when there's unity. And God wants to remove the middle wall between us. Remember, that's his final prayer. But for us, guess what? If you have any, that's why I think I underlined, remove the offenses. If there's anything between you and someone, I pray we can leave this church today, make a phone call, and make it right. When we remove the offenses between us, God's going to crown our church with peace and harmony. You know what he's going to crown with peace and harmony? Our home. We need, we need peace and harmony in my, in my home, your home. We need it. We're tired of hearing about everyone's different and it doesn't get along. And I don't, we're tired of division. Right now when the world is upside down and this year has been, been, been really hard, we need each other. We need to be intertwined. We need a Ubuntu, which is I can survive only if you're okay. If you're not okay, then I'm not okay. We are intertwined together. And St. Cyril here says, the heaven's going to rejoice and God's going to remove that middle wall and the offenses we have between each other. Let's fix those. Let's fix those. Even if you try to fix it and no one responds, remember Ephesians 4, 3, what remembers, make every effort to keep the unity. It's not going to be easy. You're not going to leave here today, make a phone call and say, you know, let's make it right. And they're going to say, wow, you want to do that. Okay, let's make it right. Let's go out and hang out together. You might not get that response, but you make every effort. Right? It's what Christ wanted in his final request. It's what grows you. You want to grow up spiritually? You know why maybe some of us are not growing? Maybe that's not there. Look in the best in each other. Look in the best in each other. What does love require? that we make every effort to be one and it won't be easy, but it's going to be an amazing journey. And Christ will give our church, our homes, our communities, harmony and peace. Let's pray for that today. Let's pray for that today. Just kind of a refresher there today. I want you guys to think about unity. I didn't tell you everything about unity. I didn't tell you everything you need to do, but And I told you a few benefits of being united. You can add your own. What's some other benefits? 
But remember, believe the best. And what's the second part? Not assume the what? The worst. Believe the best in your families. When you go home today, your coworkers, your coworker is doing something crazy. Believe the best in him or her. If you're in school, your classmates, church members, let's do it this week. Pray for humility. That's a, that's a big one, which leads you to the truth about yourself and about the other person. We'll be perfectly joined together. The only way this is going to work is when we pray today and we leave this place, every one of you says in your heart a small prayer and says, God, I need that. I'm guilty of that. Change that in me. That's the only way. When you leave here today, don't be so critical. Don't look in the worst in anyone. By the way, you look in the weakness of others. What about your own weakness? Every time I give a message to someone, I remember I'm just as weak or, or more. So let's keep that in mind. What does love require? Is what Jesus said in his final hour before the cross, that we are one. Let's pray for that. And let's pray for one another. You pray for me and glory be to God forever. Amen. Let's stand for prayer. Let's close our eyes. If there's anything you heard in this talk today, please close your eyes and lift up your eyes to heaven now and say, God, I need that. If there's someone you know in your mind, say a prayer for them right now. If there's someone in your life that you really hurt or hurt you, say a prayer for them right now. If there's something in your home or your church that's troubling you, say a prayer right now. And just say, be honest in your prayers. Say, God, I am looking at the worst in others, not the best. Please help me. Let's say that prayer genuinely from our heart that we can see the best in each other and pray for humility. Say, God, I have a lot of pride. I talk more than I listen. Please forgive us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful church. Thank you for my brothers and sisters, my Father before you. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy upon us and your grace upon us. Lord, we know, as St. Cyril said, you want to bestow upon us peace and harmony. We need that peace. We need that harmony. Please bestow it upon our families, our churches, our communities, our workplace. We need it, Lord. Forgive us for any pride or selfishness or evil or darkness that we did against anybody, Lord. Help us to quiet ourselves before you. Help us to stand before you. Help us, Lord. Change us. We love you. We honor you. Please forgive us our sins. Bless all those before you today and all those listening that you would do a, a work in our hearts, that you would change something inside of each one of us. We ask all this in the name of St. Mary, St. Mark, St. Athanasius, St. Timothy, and all the saints. Lord, hear us as we thankfully say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Give us this day our daily bread. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom and the power.